Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Sounds of the Hardwood Podcast. On today's episode, we'll be going over the firing of Ryan Saunders and the hiring of Chris Finch. We'll also be going over the all-star voting for the starters and the reserves, as well as the snubs for the all-star team. And we'll also be going over the releasing of DeMarcus Cousins from the Houston Rockets, the options of trading P.J. Tucker or releasing him as well, and also the Mavericks discovering the possibilities of trading Kristoff Pazingas. How y'all guys doing today, fellas? I'm good, man. I'm good. How's everyone? Excited. Good. Good. Definitely good. That's good to hear. Good to hear. So I'm going to start off with the first topic that I mentioned, the firing of Ryan Saunders. That's been a topic that's been talked about very heavily, mostly by the media and also Damian Lillard in support of his former assistant coach that is on the Minnesota Timberwolves that he felt should have gotten an opportunity for the head coaching job. So who wants to start off the topic of discussion of the Timberwolves' choice to fire and hire fire Ryan Saunders and hire Chris Finn. Yeah, I guess uh, I think Saunders clearly wasn't ready to be head coach. And also, like, the timing of him being fired seemed kind of odd. Um, and I totally get it. You know, the team was 7-24. I thought they, you know, would have waited till after the season. They could have gone with Vanderpool as, you know, as an interim head coach and give him a shot. You know, Vanderpool went to Minnesota and left a great job in Portland in order to take that next step to become... You know, the next, you know, the, the second, assistant. yeah, right. And for the possible chance of eventually becoming a head coach. So there's been criticism regarding his hiring, but I do believe it's a, it's a solid one. He can definitely help the young players the way he did with the Raptors, especially on the offensive end. Indiana hired, funny because Indiana also, you know, before the season started, hired a, another Toronto assistant head coach uh-huh. and they're sitting fourth, standing at a record of 15 and 14. So I believe seeing that impacted Minnesota to, you know, hiring another Toronto assistant, you know, head coach. So Finch, like, you, you got to look at, like, New Orleans, kind of what he did there, you know, especially from the big man standpoint, you know, as well as his time in, in Denver. He's an offensive kind of minded coach, doesn't really focus much on defense. And I think that's kind of where Minnesota was going. I don't agree with the hire. I think Vanderpool should have been the choice. But, you know, looking at it, if I'm David Vanderpool, you know, more than likely, he's probably going to be in line for a head coaching job. I think something like Sacramento, once it comes open, because he'd be perfect as a defensive-minded coach to take a guy like De'Aaron Fox and kind of build, you know, on it and kind of get that franchise on the winning side of things. With Ryan Saunders, you know, I wasn't that enamored with him as a head coach. I think he got it just because of, obviously, you know, being there as a long-term assistant under his, his father, ties with Glenn Taylor, the owner. And he had a good rapport with the players, you know, as far as, you know, building relationships and trust and things like that. The problem that he had is, you know, managing in the game, you know, changing up schemes and things like that based on the personnel that you're playing. He kind of struggled with that. It was kind of the same thing night in, night out, not really changing a lot based on not having a healthy roster. Because if you look at Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, they've only played five games together. Like, those are your two stars that you want to play together. You kind of can't really judge anything off of that. But just kind of based on how things go when when you're losing that bad, you pretty much know that your voice is kind of tuned out, per se, in the locker room. And so it was a time for a change. I just thought it was weird. I've never seen anything like that. But you go to another team to get, you know, a candidate. Even though he was interviewed 18 months ago and was Rosas' top choice, he got vetoed by Glenn Taylor to pick Finch in the first place. So it wasn't surprising in that aspect, but just surprising that the NBA allowed him, you know, basically pick an assistant from a different team rather than only internally. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I I, yeah, same here. I thought out of everything that happened, that part was weird. 
that like normally coaches go right well teams go right to the coach's assistant as like an interim you know head coach until whatever the end of the season or maybe even the all-star break so they actually start looking somewhere else but for them to get a coach from another team it was like okay like you guys both said like you could tell there was our interest in that coach from a while back so they knew what they they knew what they wanted it sucks for saunders though because i know when he got hired it kind of was like you know who his dad was and like his expectations and then you know the passing of his father and all that stuff i feel like he'll definitely get another shot in the future but at the same time he was a young coach and he had young players so i think you know he definitely grasped them better it's just that again your two stars haven't played only played a handful of games together so it was literally like you kind of got stuck like in a tough spot and this is just what happens it's a business and when things don't go well, you're not going to do the players first. They're going to usually go to some the coaching staff or the manager. And then later on in the offseason, you see players start getting moved. So I think this is the start of something big to happen in Minnesota. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, just Minnesota has been in sort of misery hole that, honestly, a lot of teams have gone through. You know, Minnesota hasn't really been really good, honestly, since probably KG was there. And, I mean, I know, uh, obviously, KG was trying to buy the team back then and do what he needed to do, but obviously he won't because of his issues with Lynn Taylor now. It's unprecedented for, like you said, and, and just everybody else in general, Pete and Soda, for any team to hire a coach in a season like this, which was really shocking news to me because why not give Vanderpool a chance and have an interim coach, you know, instead of picking a coach, which was like Pete said, basically vetoed in the first place. So, like, for me, it's like, why are you picking a coach now that you originally vetoed and not just try Van Poole out and see how he does? How do you know that he won't be successful? Yeah. You know, you pulled him over from Portland, basically, and you're not giving him that shot to sort of develop the players and try to get his hands in coaching and do whatnot. No knock to Finch, because I know Finch is a really good coach as well. But for me, hiring coach... When your team is 7-24 and 24 and, you know, your best players only played five games together, haven't built that chemistry. And, I mean, you have some young pieces, promising pieces there. I mean, look, Anthony Edwards, you know, obviously a highlight reel and has that potential to, you know, be a stud or whatnot. And, you know, obviously his biggest highlight was the dunk that he did, that he, he crucified this guy. That <laughs> <a> baptism. <laughs> he gave him a baptism. Yeah, yeah he destroyed him. I mean... And funny, funny thing is, it was actually the team that Finch came from, the Raptors. So rather ironic, but, you know, the irony in that. But for me, I think it was sort of unprecedented move. Will I say it's sort of like it left a foul taste in a lot of players' mouths? Absolutely. Just because, like I said, you're not giving coach that's on your team a chance. You're sort of basically plucking another coach. Honestly, I can't nice. even recall. I've never seen that really done in the season. I usually see stuff like that done in the, in the off season, And for it to be done in the middle of the season is just very weird. Man. It was a weird situation. It really was. And usually nowadays with teams and owners trying to be more in tune with social issues, then you have the issue of the race fact that it gets played, which Damian Lillard touched on. And even Company Towns touched on when he was asked about the hiring. He said he would love to finally see someone that looked like him coach him or see more people that looked like him having coaching jobs in the NBA. So I think the Timberwolves made that decision and not being sensitive about in your own city, in your own state, you've had social justice issues this year. So when you make a move like this, where you take a guy that's on somebody else's staff and you bring him in over to be an assistant head coach that happens to be a minority, you're just opening Pandora's box for that question to be raised. Why was he overlooked? And similar to what Damian Lillard said, this is a guy that before taking that job in Minnesota, he spent seven years on a playoff team's bench. So you're looking for a guy that can develop young talent and turn him into a playoff contender. He was a part of a staff that did that in Trailblazers with Damian Lillard and 
C.J. McCollum. So if you have a backcourt right now of D'Angelo Russell and Edwards, that's what you're kind of trying to build, a dynamic duo on the backcourt. And like how, how they have big on the trailblazers. I always forget to pronounce his last name. Yusuf Nurkic. There you go. Yusuf Nurkic. They have him. He's similar to a Carl Anthony Towns in the concept of you got two backcourt players and you got a big. Mm-hmm. So that's a coach that's familiar with that style of template that they're trying to build. Now, hopefully Chris Finch is the right coach. Because then now, if they keep losing, even with Chris Finch as the head coach, then it's like, okay, since you just had gone with the coach you already had here, I like what the Clippers did with hiring Teron Lou because it's a guy that's been there already with the players. He's familiar with the players. He's familiar with what you're trying to build in terms of a culture. And he already has the trust of a locker room. Now you're bringing in a guy that's been in Toronto with a whole different style of play, whole different team philosophy. Now you're bringing him in there. Now causing towns on those guys, they got to learn something completely different from what they been doing. So for a team that's already losing, I don't think that big of a change is a great thing to try to preserve your season. It's only going to probably get worse with a team like that. So well, I think it's just Finch, an awkward situation. Ben said that he took, he's actually going to take out more than he's putting in because he said that he felt like the offense was overcomplicated for some of the young guys. So they were just kind of running plays that were a little bit too intricate for them you know, not getting practice time because of obviously, you know, the the pandemic. So, you know, normally you on off days you practice. Now most times they really, you know, are resting more than they're practicing. Chris Finch also said that like Carl Anthony Towns will be the focal point of the offense where they're going to run a lot of stuff through him, which if you look at what he did, Chris Finch did in Denver with Jokic. He was kind of the one that got that started with Jokic more ball handling, things like that. What kind of troubles me with Vanderpool is he was the associate head coach in title, which is basically you're the you're the head coach second in command. And what troubles me is a lot of I've seen a lot of people kind of responding, well, the Timberwolves have been bad on defense the last two years with him there. He's not really made an improvement. I'm like, he's not on the court. You can have, you know, a game plan set, but guys aren't healthy enough day on the court together. You're getting a mixed match of guys that are usually going to be your 10th, 11th, 12th guys now bumped up in the road rotation six seventh men you know they're not exactly going to run the same way that you know your regular rotation would run that and the changeover of the team an entirely not entirely new team this year but a lot of considerably new pieces between not playing much last year and now being new this year so that's a lot i personally like i said would have banter pool in that spot but we'll see time will tell if they made the right choice, like any team that makes a drastic coach change, I don't tell. The Raptors took a gamble when they fired Dwayne Casey and bought a Nick Nurse. That gamble paid off. The Warriors took a gamble hiring Steve Kerr. That gamble paid off. So only time will tell if that gamble is worth making. Speaking of gambles, Houston Rockets took a gamble on DeMarcus Cousins. He was a player that, in his prime and healthy, was an elite-level player in the league, one of the best centers in the league, arguably, if not the best center in the league for some. But he, injuries have taken a lot of his physical ability to play the game at the same level he once was. So the Rockets brought him in, thinking pairing him with John Wall and some of the pieces that they had on his team would give them an opportunity to have a solid player coming off their bench. Fortunately um, for him, Christian Woods got off to a very hot start, started playing very well, and then, unfortunately, he got hurt, which have made the Rockets switch their direction towards trying to build a playoff contending team now towards a team that's about developing their youth. So DeMarcus Cousins has now been released as a free agent. There are some interest of teams that want to sign him. There's nothing 
confirmed yet. It's all speculation and rumors. But if you were a GM and you had the ability to try to acquire DeMarcus Cousins, which team would you be representing to try to do that? I mean, I know the Lakers won't be kind of in play. That's been kind of confirmed. You know, another contending team, you know, the Heat don't really need them because they have out of bio. Like, there's, there's not a strong need there. It's tough with Cousins to really kind of pinpoint a fit, per se, because his game's totally changed because of injury. So, like, Cousins that was in Sacramento was back to the basket, you know, could kind of float out to the three-point line and, and score that way. Now he's more of a three-point shooting big, not really finishing that great around the basket, you know, career lows in percentages around the basket this season, even though he's rebounding well. I don't know. I, I'd have to think a little bit more on like a strong fit. I mean, anywhere he goes, it's really going to be as a backup. I don't know that his personality would be that great in a situation like with Greg Popovich in San Antonio, but he could help there, kind of being a pop off the bench as, as a scoring big, especially with Aldridge, he just now came back from injury. This is kind of tough to really kind of pinpoint. Yeah, I agree, man. For Cousins, it's like, I think he has to come out and say like, Yo, you know, willing and open to you know, taking that role coming off the bench and stuff. Doing that, maybe he'll even draw more interest from teams. I think teams are hesitant because he's injury prone and just the whole, maybe the attitude, not even just, you know, maybe towards coaches or just teammates, but maybe more attitude towards, you know, refs and stuff, kind of like the Draymond Green situation, where like refs just don't play that anymore. <laughs> this year, it seems like refs are a lot more sensitive, but um, team-wise, I, I still think the Lakers honestly should have should have went after him or should go after him because ADs, it's not even guaranteed he'll be back in those four weeks. I mean, they're going to monitor that really well because I said it last week. It's just like the news that came out about AD's calf slash Achilles problems reminds me of what the Warriors saying about KD and they rushed KD back and then we know what happened with that. You know what I'm saying? So the Lakers are obviously handling it better with AD and not rushing him back. But at the same time, they're possibly about to lose four straight tonight. They're going against the best team in the West tonight. But Utah and their weakness is bigs at the moment without AD over there. Gasol's just not doing it. LeBron's busting his ass, but he needs help. And it's just like the Lakers. I also heard something about Portland, which again, because they're their main big. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name because I, I butcher it all the time. He's always hurt. You still too. Yeah, he's always hurt. So it's just like, well, there's a few teams in the West. I think there's way more teams in the East. I'm not sure if he's willing to go East. But besides Miami, shoot, even my Celtics could use him. And again, shit, for the Celtics, he might even start because he'll stretch out the floor and Kemba needs spacing. He doesn't need somebody who's just going to, you know, Thompson's kind of just in the paint, in the way a lot of the time. And Tice, again, that's another big that's in and out of the lineup. But just a lot of these considered bigs this year are just in and out of the lineup. So there's more teams for him to go to than people think. It's just, I feel like he needs to come out and say he's willing to take that role as either a six man or, you know, 10 minutes here, sometimes starting. He needs to come out and say that he, he knows where he's at and that he just needs that that chance to prove that okay yeah I moved on from these injuries I'm still productive I might not be as productive yes. but I'm still somewhat productive he'll find a home probably by the beginning of the second half of the season for sure he'll find yeah. a home yeah I mean I think he will too I, I mean I personally me I had a couple teams in mind some of them probably play off some of them are just like you know he has a chance to start one team that he could be a backup for was possibly Phoenix I know they definitely could use somebody behind uh, DeAndre Eaton. I mean that he could that would be a good pick there to with Chris Paul him and Booker and a couple other pieces that that might be good for them another team surprisingly that 
might shock everybody, is the Pelicans. Him going back to Pelicans, he might get a little bit burned, more burned there with Steven Adams and him a little backup inside-outside game. He would kill Stan Van Gundy, though. He probably would. <laughs> he, he would. Going back to Sacramento, I mean, to sort of mentor Bagley, that would be interesting to help right now. Yeah, but you bring somebody in that was a great center for your team, might sort of help. I mean... Their Sacramento's a mess. I'm not going to get into that right now. But that and another team that desperately needs a center, the Hornets. I mean, Charlotte has some promising young players, but they're missing. They've always missed that center. They always miss that one piece. So I think about it. Cody Zeller is not going to do it. The Zeller bros are, I'm sorry. I just, I've never been sold on them. I mean, they're serviceable. They're good enough, you know, role players. But Cody Zeller as a starting now, I mean, just no. <laughs> So we I don't mean, disrespect Bismack like that? Bismack is, I'm not saying Bismack is bad, but I think Bismack is more of a backup and he's a little bit smaller for the center role than Cousins. I mean, think about it. You get a guy that could spread the floor with all those players you got on Charlotte. You got a little bit of, a little bit of noise you're making. Same thing if he goes on the, I think my top two teams are probably Phoenix and Charlotte. Not bad. I had several teams in mind. I mean, listen, I know Cousins has had one of the biggest regressions I've seen. I mean, granted, I know injuries play a huge part. Very slow, plays very little defense. At times, though, he does show glimpse of his former self. Maybe, you know, uh, he'll become a different player with this, you know, with a newer system or a change of scenery. But if in terms of like best fits, and I know like Cousins would want to go like to contending teams, I narrowed it down to the Lakers, Celtics, Nets, and Raptors. The reason why the Raptors is because they, they desperately need a big. After struggling at the start of the season, they have turned things around and now are in a position to compete. The Celtics, yeah, like Ann just mentioned, Daniel Tice isn't going to cut it for them. And I think he'll work well besides Thompson. Thompson could, you know, obviously work on a defensive end. Boogie would concentrate on spotting up being that stretch five. The Nets lack a big body in the paint. That'll never happen with the beef with him and Harden. Never. Right, which I thought, you know, but in terms of, like, needs, you know, Boogie would be a perfect stretch five. He but would, yeah. again, I wouldn't... I'm not sure what would happen, you know... I'd be combustible. Right, if he said her teaming up with Harden again. And then the Lakers, obviously, because of AD's injury. So, you know, I know the Lakers don't want to rush him back. They need another big. But, you know, what was interesting is that, you know, Lakers and Nets as of late have, have been opening up some roster spots. And I know that the Lakers denied it, but I'm not too convinced on that. I think they're still semi-interested or keeping tabs. And, and also the Nets, you know, I mentioned the Nets, but those two have, as of late, opened up some roster spots. That's opened up three. They're going to re-sign Shump and, and Roberson the 10 days. Which I still don't understand that. Like, I just don't, like, Shumpert, I get maybe Roberson because at least he's healthy, but Shumpert's not even healthy. Yeah, like, he right. played. He made his debut the other day. Shumpert. Oh, okay. Um, he, he had his first point with the Nets. He had a layup. Oh, he's Nets, back in uniform now. Nets need defense. I mean, that's what yeah. they're trying to go for. I mean, the perfect fit for them would probably be P.J. Tucker, but do yeah. they have anything? I was going to move into P.J. Tucker. Yeah. Because I think that's who the Lakers are clearing that uh, roster mm-hmm. space for, yeah. is for P.J. Exactly. Tucker. Yeah. Yeah. To, with the P.J. Tucker thing, sorry to cut you off, King. Similar to the Cousins thing, I think Harden kind of burned that bridge with... No, no, Tucker. I mean to the Lakers. I don't think he's going to... Oh, I, I think that. he would, the okay. Lakers would have the interest. Another team that I think might look at the Marcus Cousins might be the Pacers yeah. because Miles Turner is supposed to be that stretch five, but he's not a great 
outside shooting threat, and he doesn't have the same passing ability and ability to get to the basket off the dribble as a DeMarcus Cousins. So if you said he can be the starting center that focused more on rebounding defense, and then you have the offensive-minded power forward and Sabonis, then if you want to have some more offense on the playoffs, you can bring in a guy like DeMarcus Cousins who can give them another scorer to have on the court right now because they lack scoring outside of Brogdon and Sabonis. So if you brought in somebody like a boogie who he still has shown he's capable to give you 10 to 15 points with five to eight rebounds on a team like the Pacers that's in the middle of a pack that gives them you know a chance to move up or even make some of these first round matchups in the playoffs more competitive Mm -hmm. and I think that West is not an option for him anymore because like Pete mentioned he doesn't finish around the rim like he used to and he's not a great rim protector so in the West where you need those big bodies of bigs that can bang I think that's what hurts him now that he doesn't have that ability to bang with those other centers anymore. The West is a more, the East rather is more small ball, so I think he fits in there. Then, yeah. as we mentioned, PJ Tucker earlier, I'm going to say the Lakers would probably be his destination because they want a defensive minded wing that can also shoot three. He can guard multiple positions. Now, if I said somebody else other than the Lakers, then I would probably say maybe somebody like the Bucks because uh, they play the exact same thing. They play small ball anyway, yeah. and it can help stretch the court and help give some more driving lanes for Antetokounmpo, who I don't know when he's going to develop a jump shot, but it's not anytime soon. So yeah. they need as much three-point shooting around. And after that little five-game five losing streak, they're like... Yeah, that would be big. And it's, it's funny you brought that up. That would be big for the Bucks because with the second half of the schedule coming out today and then also the strength of the schedule, Philly doesn't have that tough of a no, second half schedule no. either. And so it's looking like they're running away with that first place. And Doc got Embiid playing like a legit big man. And I'm shocked, but I respect that. I'm, I'm happy he's playing that way. Again, there's still the big what if, just like with the Utah. Let's see what y'all do in the playoffs because, we you know, game changes, palms get sweaty, knees weak. Was a heavy, all that, but we'll see. But, but I, for Milwaukee, I think that would be big for them because I feel like part of that five game losing streak is when Giannis is out, what do they do? Yeah, like when they Middleton and Giannis kind of they've been working on that too, man. You know, I mean, they got Drew too, don't forget that. Yeah, but he's he also injuries right now. Yo, Tucker from the corner, he's battling injuries right Yo, now. I got, I got, I got another team that actually should pick up both cousins and. PJ, I mean, it won't be anything elite, but I honestly say just because PJ fits the way this coach plays and Cousins, we need a backup, I would say the Knicks, they're still in it. Please leave this chat right now. <laughs> I can see the PJ uh, Tucker. I, I can see the PJ Tucker. The Knicks in it for the second half of the season. I can Sorry, see it. Sorry, B. I yes. see that for the schedule. No, yo, I saw the Knicks schedule <laughs> second half. I, see I mean, look, but I think about it like this. Like, <laughs> cause the Knicks need a center right now because technically Mitch Robinson is going to be off for a little bit. Yeah. And you think about it. Knicks don't have that center that could sort of stretch the floor. You would have that backup guy that could sort of stretch the floor and start for now and then be off the bench. And then you would have, you know, you have Mitch Robb and him. Then if you have Barrett, you could slide Barrett, you know, between the two and the three. But if you get PJ, you technically put PJ at the wing. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you, could, have, you, you would have Barrett and PJ, and that's pretty solid defensively. Of, no, of you could definitely make a case for PJ Tucker. Yeah, because uh, you can dump Knox and Neil Aquino. Yeah, because think about it as the defensive-minded, because Tibbs loves defensive-minded players. That's his MO, and I just thought about Cousins going to the Knicks because the Knicks need a center, too. They don't I mean, have a stretch big. They don't have a Knicks don't have a stretch big. They, you know, they never really had that. What, if you consider Luke Cornett being a stretch big, then, I mean... Yeah. 
Well, he shot well that year from three. Yeah, he I'm did, good. but he, you know, I'm talking about, like, players that can give you consistent 10 points, eight rebounds a game, five to eight rebounds, like you said, King, and then you got a guy that could hit the three ball in the corner and play solid defense on the wing. The Knicks could have a solid wing and PJ and then have a good center, and they already have Randall, and then you have Barrett, and then you have uh, between Rose and Quickly. You got a little something there. I mean, am I going to say that's going to win you a championship? Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Could it be an upset? Be could, you say that. could there be an upset alert? Uh, possibly, but, I, hey, I just try to just be optimistic with it, but I also try to be real too. You never know. No, like, no. The Pacers took the Pacers, took the Pacers took freaking uh, LeBron James basically to what seven games. Yeah. Like, so I mean, and, a good point. I mean, that's how I see it. Like I see it like. The Knicks would make better use of uh, Tucker than, you know, the Knox. So. Get rid of both of them. Hey, Houston's trying to... Houston's you would trying love to get... that idea to get rid of Knox and uh, Nicky. Yeah, no, like I mean, me? Nitty, yeah. I mean, if they can get rid of both of them, Houston is trying to get younger. They have a plethora of draft picks and second-round picks and whatever. Pack is that one of those picks off. If you know it's not going to be valuable to your team and you don't really need the asset, trade some of your asset to bring something back that could actually help your team make that push. That's how I see it. Me and Milwaukee makes the most sense because they need him come yeah. playoff time. They need that guy that's going to be able to play defense Absolutely. and kind of and enforce a role because he's not going to let guys get knocked down and, and, you know, stuff like that. And then being another locker room voice, like he's somebody that I think that not necessarily checks Giannis, but can say, hey, look, man, like we've got to switch it up. I don't think Giannis is going to go back at him. There's nobody that there now that holds Giannis accountable. Like, hey, change up your game. You can't just go ISO. Yeah. Teams are figuring you out. Like, you know, because Budenholzer, we all know, does not change his schemes come, you know, come the playoffs. And that's his big it's not and you know you've you've got like Middleton that's able it has been more effective closing games this year especially you know kind of handling the ball late and to me that's already a sign of, of worry because like if you're really having to go to Middleton now to close games like what's going to happen in playoffs when that wall shut you know closes in more on Giannis Giannis really needed to take that leap this year to show he is an effective jumper at least if not from from mid-range at least get it to three because he's already been shooting them like I'm looking at Milwaukee and all I'm seeing is an upgrade of Drew Holiday you know on defense but he's not been healthy outside of that it's the same team so if I'm Philly if I'm like even looking at teams like Boston you know that kind of that tier below I'm not scared of more. I already know what they're going to bring. So you can game plan mm-hmm. against it. Yeah. I think the Milwaukee fear has been gone for a few years now. Mm-hmm. Sadly, all those runs that be in the top in the East and teams that have already lost that fear factor of the yeah, that window's been? done. It's like Philly, to be completely honest. Like, and obviously I'm, you know, a huge Sixers guy. Like if Philly doesn't win it this year, you've got to blow that team up. You've got to either trade. You're either going to be Simmons or Embiid, obviously. I trade but Simmons. It's, like it's going to be Simmons, unfortunately. I wouldn't trade Embiid. I trade no, Simmons. I wouldn't. But, I mean, to me, it's like, all right, you've pretty much shown, like, what you can do. The key for the Sixers is going to be Embiid has to, you have to find a way to keep Embiid healthy throughout the playoffs. If he goes down with an injury, that's, they're, they're done. Yeah. Like, need a jump shot, too. That's another player that needs a jump shot. Oh, Simmons? Simmons is all mental. Like, I think if he switched hands, he'd have a decent shot. But being that, you know, mentally, he just doesn't want to do it. Like, I don't know if it's... I just, think it's um, Markel Fultz syndrome, I call it, that he was scared to shoot jump shot. I mean, to me, like, why did you start shooting opposite hand? And, like, why like why in practice and pickup games will you pull up from three, you know, constantly shooting them, but then you get in the game and you just, like, look off the defender and, and pass? Like, I just don't get it. 
Like you're going against NBA competition and pickup games. You're firing away and you're making them against good defenders in, in summer runs. Now, obviously it's not, you know, NBA caliber games, but it's still good defenders and you're making them like take them in the game. Like if you take two a game, even that keeps defensive, you know, honest to where like, even if, you know, he can do like Embiid where he pump fakes drives and then dishes it off to somebody like Seth Curry on the wing, that's an open basket that frees up more space. Like it just makes more sense. But, yeah, no, I, I agree. Absolutely. Well, we're going to keep on the topic of bigs because you, you mentioned Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. So it's only fair that we stay on a center that once looked like he was going to be the next Dirk Nowitzki, And now people have a question mark on what his ceiling will be from this point on. And that is Christos Pazingas, a.k.a. the Unicorn, the partner to Luka the Don, Luka Doncic in Dallas. And there's some rumors that came out that the Mavericks were exploring trading options. Now, Mark Cuban quickly issued a statement to the Athletic to dismiss that. He said that story is false, that they are not at all looking to try to trade Christoph Zingas. But every rumor starts from somewhere. Somebody had to leak that information to someone for it to gain traction for them to be talking about it on NBA Airway. So do you think it is time for the Dallas Mavericks to move off from Christoph Pazingas, or is there a larger issue wrong with Dallas that needs to address first before they consider trading away Christoph Pazingas? Porzingis is a four. I mean, back. he's playing back to the basket. He's trying to play as a big man in the center. He's not. He came into the league with the Knicks as a four, and he was solid as the four. Dominant. I know how much Soto hates that solid word, but he was dominant. He was solid. He did what he needed to do. He could hit the three ball. He could play defense. He was basically inside-outside threat. When you have him at the five, you have him basically having to play. I mean, obviously, he's still taller than a lot of other centers. But the problem is his game now is more of paintball as opposed to being able to spread the floor. So his problem is he has to go against guys that have bigger bodies than him. He's just getting destroyed. And his defense is suffering, too, because he's not being that once prolific shot blocker and defender that he was because he has well, to sort of. I was going to touch base on that. I was going to touch that because he's not the same dynamic player. He isn't yeah. the rim protector that he used to, you know, and then kind of, and this is just my opinion. But sometimes it seems like he holds himself back a little because he's not confident on that knee. He's not um, confident on it, exactly. Right. And then let's just say if the rumors of the Maz were to be true, like the market for him doesn't seem to be that active because nobody wants to take on that cap space for a player that seems to be declining. I mean, and the rumor the first team that popped up was with the Warriors. That's a great fit for the Warriors. Right. Especially and then on the Warriors, you know that a trade surrounding Wiggins is right there. The Wiggins and Looney was the rumor. Right. Or another team could be the Atlanta Hawks with John Collins. I mean, that they wanted a player back. They keep that would have to be a picks. Wouldn't that have to be more of a sign and trade though? Because I know the Hawks don't really have the cap room to yeah. absorb Porzingis, so they would have to Please. sign and trade John Collins or Porzingis. Yeah. Porzingis. Unless they're going to throw on somebody else in that trade. I just, I had a funny trade in mind just thinking of it. I think uh, they should trade him back to the Knicks and the Knicks should give him like a second round just to be jerks and keep their picks. Like, no, you ain't getting your picks back. But No, but <laughs> no, but honestly, like the Mavs are trying to win now and they're also trying to keep Luka happy. Like we've seen recently, Luka has ex- uh, expressed frustrations. They need you know? a center. Well, the biggest thing is, is they're friends. Like they're really good friends. Mm-hmm. The, the key is is Carlisle putting Porzingis in better spots because you cannot been proven you cannot post up Porzingis time and time again. Yes, he's seven three, but his, look at his lower body. Like he's the injuries really alone, sad. he just does not. He has a lower body of a guard. Yes, he's real. Th- he's real thin. Yeah. Thing about it is, if you put a guy like Andre Drummond who can get rebound, help you on the glass, he's not going to be a rim protector, but at least he can keep teams honest. You know, as far as from a defensive standpoint, Porzingis can go back to floating 
more on the perimeter being that pick and pop guy, that's going to make him more successful. Because if you look at his numbers, they're not that far off of what they were last year. It's just he can't stay healthy in strength issues. And then with strength issues as pertaining to injuries comes the confidence, you know, and, and that's the biggest thing. Like, but if you look at the entire roster, like you traded out a shooter in Seth Curry to get more defense in Josh Richardson. Josh Richardson, to me, ended up being overrated from his time in Miami. Like he was a good third to fourth option that could really kind of take on a defensive minded role. Now you're kind of you put him this year really as a second guy because Porzingis was out for a good bit of the in and out of the season. And he's not a shooter. He's there to kind of be a defensive guy. You've got Dorian Finney-Smith in the lineup as a defensive guy that shoots corner three, not really anything offensive. So everything is geared towards what Luca can do. And he's having to do too much, which then, you know, basically, you know, lets you figure out if you're a defense of what they're going to do. You've got Tim Hardaway Jr. who they had to move to the bench just to get a scoring pop. Like, and just none of that roster, kind of the small tweaks that they did have worked out successful. And that's why they're worse this year because defenses have figured out what Luka is going to be able to do. Even though Luka is a, a star, he can only I'm do so much. If you're double team, what are you going to do? Like, there's nothing there to help you, like, from an offensive standpoint. So they have to get something that can free up Porzingis more on the perimeter to give them a pick and pop because that's unstoppable. 7-3 being able to pull up over guys from three, like, you're not stopping them. They, they need a center. They, if they can get a center like a drum, like you said. Or maybe even bringing Norris Noel back. Even if you said, because I think he's a free agent this summer, even if they want to bring yeah, back Noel, exactly. that works well. And he's an expensive well with him. Yeah. Getting Drummond would definitely, like, you know, yeah. like he said, would boost Porzingis. I don't want to. Right now, because, right, I mean, Stephen Adams is okay, but he's also injured. He's on a big contract, too. Yeah, that's a problem. He's on another big contract. Don't want to keep space. I've always thought to me that I think his comparison wasn't that great because they said Dirk but they just said Dirk because he's 7 foot 3 and can shoot jump shots but Dirk defensively wasn't great but he was good at being in positions and and he could take body contact like you could post Dirk because he had a bit of a bang game with him where he could bang into you and then turn into his signature of faith that's never really been Pazinga's game he's a turn and face a bit yeah. so I've always viewed him more like if you said if he reached if he could have reached his ceiling more like a Tony Kukos a player who could shoot from the outside put the ball on the floor that's his strength not posting players right so the addition of Josh Richardson to me I think they're using him wrong when I envisioned him getting Josh Richardson I thought Mario Chalmers I'm thinking a guy who can catch and shoot the three he's a very good on ball defender and he gives another ball handler so that Donkish doesn't have the ball in his hand all the time Mm -hmm. in Miami Mario Chalmers is very good at coming up initiate the set and then that way LeBron and Wade can play off ball a little bit where we're running a set for them to get it in a spot into that action rather rather than come down and get into that action themselves so I feel like if he was used like a Mario Chalmers, then now you got to deal with Donkey off-ball action with Pazingas. So if you said you came up the court and you initiated a wing action with a two-man game with Pazingas and Donkey, I think that's harder to guard than when it's always at the top of the floor. Because right. they're now teams, even that shot he made last night, that was initiated at the top of the court. He came down and he set that up. So if, if Dallas wants to live with him having to take step-back threes from the logo all the time to win games or 
keep them engaged, then go ahead and keep doing that. But I don't think it works long term. Another person that's been injured a lot, Howell's been hurt a lot. He's that other big that they play alongside Brazingis to be that defensive-minded big, and he's not in the line. So I always, when I saw that rumor about them trading Brazingis, I'm like, okay, if y'all want to piss off Luka Doncic, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> go right. ahead. I don't know where that came from. Like, I don't know if that something internally was said, or a lot of times you'll see writers, and especially I've seen the last two years, they create these scenarios that don't necessarily exist because of, you know, the the journalists are struggling a lot with writing layoffs, stuff like that. So they have to do something that's going to pop in the headlines. And it's like, I just don't see in what world Dallas would realistically trade for Zingas. Now, if you're talking two years from now and it still hasn't really worked, then I could see it, but not right now, not where they can kind of tweak. All they need are little small tweaks because it's not like, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten seeds are lighting the world on fire in the wet. So it's easily to get kind of right back in that, you know, in that six right spot now. to secure the playoffs. So, I mean, they're sitting ninth right now, so they're not right. in a terrible spot. Right. Just small tweaks here and there. Uh, but I, when I saw that, I thought it was very weird that people would think he would get traded. But so we've done trade talks, we've done signing talks. So the next biggest thing that's been talked about has been the all-star voting. The all-star votes have been set in place. We have our starters, we have our reserves, and like always every year, we have our snubs talk of who is the biggest snub of the all-star game this year. It was Devin Booker until he got signed, obviously, to the team now. Yeah, Devin Booker. I mean, if I, well, I mean, it still is. It still is. I mean, nobody. He even even what happened to Dame. Like nobody takes that as okay. He made the all-star. Team. Right. No, AD's hurt, so you got brought on. He he gonna remember that, and it's yeah. crazy because it's like who he must have pissed well, somebody. Who he pissed off? Like for coaches, and I'd be like, nah, man, that, that man be killing us, man. And like he's finally he's finally winning. Like that's gonna be scary. Like you gotta give respect, bro. He put the hard work in, he put the time in, footwork crazy. Like bro, he never complained. All them shitty years in Phoenix, never complained. Uh-huh. Just balled out, bro. It's like he should have made it over who? Pence. Everybody has. I think I think over Chris Paul. See, but and that's the that, thing. That's I was saying it's tough. That's why I felt like it's, it's a snub and not a snub at the same time. Because if you look at Chris Paul's stats, he's averaging 16 points, 8 assists, and he's shooting 45% from the field. Now, the problem with Devin Booker is he has the Bradley Beal syndrome. People are going to keep remembering that when you were putting up all these stats, your team was nowhere near the playoffs. Now that they're a top four team in the West, people are not sitting there going, well, that's Devin Booker that did that. They're saying that's Chris Paul that did that. So the problem is the person that people are thinking is the reason why that team has gotten better, especially when you're talking about the reserves. That's the coaches. They're going to say that's Chris Paul. Yeah. So that's what his problem is. Like Bradley Beal, he's averaging 30. It's going to be hard for somebody to not vote him on when he's averaging 30. But because Devin Booker's averaging 24 and people are not going to associate their team's success with his play directly because we've seen him average 30 and the team not make the playoff, I think that's where it's like it's a snub. But is it that terrible to have lost it out to Chris Paul? I don't think because Chris Paul's a snub. Because the other players that not beating out Curry, He's not going to beat out Damian Lillard. He's not beating out Donovan Mitchell, and he wasn't going to beat out Luka Doncic. So if you think about the four players that are playing his position that made it, he's not beating those guys out. So then the only other person would be Chris Paul. Then if you're looking at how important he is to that team's success, that's where it's kind of like a... For me, like, like everybody brings up Trey Young. Like, that's all I've heard is Trey Young. I just don't feel like he deserved it this year just based on kind of he hasn't impacted winning at all. My choice is Chris Middleton. I think Middleton should have made it pretty close, like literally like 
0.5% off on his three free throw percentage of being a 50, 40, 90 guy this year. Like I would have put, put Middleton in if it was me, but you know, then you got to look at like, who are you taking out? Like that's where it kind of come at. Ben Simmons. I would say Ben Simmons. Yeah. I mean, Ben Simmons. I mean, that I think Ben Simmons should be out. I mean, like I, I agree with you, Pete, that uh, he definitely should have been there. Middleton, I think two other people, I definitely don't think Trey should have been there. I think his shooting percentages are down and he's not playing like he did last year. But I think two other people that basically got overlooked are Bam and uh, Sabonis. Yeah, I, I definitely don't think Simmons should have made I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. So bonus with his twenty-seven and twelve. They yeah, went with, they went with uh, Randall over. They went with Randall, and that's what happened. I was like, okay. But Rand, Randall's having a really good year. Yeah, so Randall is. Exactly. Yeah. So on the on his, he people were saying Russell Westbrook got snubbed. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any. <laughs> complaints with the East at all. Besides, I, Simmons, I, as, as long as they ended up having Levine in there. And Randall in there, I was like, okay, cool. And Bill too, of course. Yeah, and Bill, but Bill was a starter, so we knew he was over there. I'm talking yeah. about Levine. Yeah, I think Simmons didn't deserve it. Kind of got team in the East, so yeah. it is the same thing. Yeah. With Utah, they got both Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. I get it, but but I do like uh, Tobias Harris's dad came out and was like, "Oh, how did he not get picked?" I'm like, dude. So basically, you're saying he is a huge part of what your team is doing. So basically, it's kind of like in a roundabout way, you're saying he deserved it over Ben Simmons. You got yeah. picked. I, I was like, uh, well, the, this year he kind of is. I mean, it, it could be because of the coach and the new system, but he kind of is playing the way everybody thought he would play as soon as he got there. Right. And Simmons yeah, also he'd have been in and out, but more Simmons than Embiid and when Embiid plays he's, he's making a statement every night so it's like you can't debate Embiid I mean Harris hit what two game winners for them so far like Harris is, it's like yo Simmons is Simmons he ain't putting the ball in the hoop really he's just facilitating and I, I guess you could say playing defense. Points, 10 assists, 10 Everybody he guard and he two times their size. So he's a triple threat machine, basically. He's a triple threat, basically, every time he steps on the court. That, that, yeah. that I agree with. And I mean, if I think about it, just two more snubs, I guess I just thought of. I obviously I know one of them's injured, Christian Wood, just because he's having a really really good year. He's healthy, um, but he would have been he would have made it. I was thinking Gordon Hayward was another one that's having a really good year. De'Aaron. Gordon ben, Hayward, that's a good yeah, snub. Yeah, so, we Jeremy Grant. Probably. Probably Jalen. I could probably say Jalen Brown probably took his spot, but that's also due to a makeup because he should have. Jalen Brown could argue arguably made it last year, so it's like yeah. No, I'm saying, but I'm saying some of these are makeups because he could have made it last year too. He's averaging a little bit more this year, but the fact that he was averaging similar stuff last year, same time, and didn't make it last year, made it this year. Nothing changes. Jeremy Grant should be the outsider this year. Mm -hmm. I don't think. I don't. Yeah, Grant will probably win like a most improved award. Or something. Yeah, well, he's averaging twenty three right now. All star percentage. But I don't think you're on the worst team. Well, he is on the worst team. Who's the most improved, but not an all star? But his stats are his stats are pretty good. But who he's else is going to score on that team? You got Wayne Ellington and Delon Wright until he got hurt starting. Now you got Stephen Lee as your point guard. Yeah, it's kind of like you have to have somebody put the ball in the basket. He's the only NBA player in the star five right now, over than Blake Griffin. Everybody here, Lee. They but got he's Blake Griffin. Isn't Blake averaging like 20-something? Uh, yeah, right. Nah, a solid 14, I think. Maybe a solid, like, 12, I think. <laughs> hey, look, he, he chilling. He went out of there. He already said that. He said, get me out of here, Coach. But, I mean, it's tough with the All-Star team every year because there's so many players that deserve it, and there's only but so many spots they could put on the team. I've always felt like they should do, like, an honorable mention list just to recognize those guys that were close but didn't quite make the team just so they know they feel 
Like they got Jake something. Jake Van Der Rossen to 15. Make. I was surprised that Rafi didn't make it like Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, like, I, was, I was a little surprised with that. Like I thought, like okay, they're they've gotten better, you know, over the course of the season. How much he's been able to do, like yeah. at least have one player represented. Yeah. I do think that the rosters need to be expanded to 13 at minimum. What about 15? Uh, 15, though. That then you're running into guys who won't really like. There's a few guys that won't hardly play at all. Well, then, unless they go the baseball route and make it one representative from each team. Yeah, but then, then that loses the luster of a yeah, yeah. All star. So then, I mean, like, it, it can. I mean, it can. But then, let's say there's a team that doesn't deserve it, or a player that doesn't deserve it, and then you could, you could. I mean, yeah, but they. I mean, the rosters. I always thought they should have been expanded. I mean, you get those snubs that are just like questionable I mean, I'm not man what about like a fan vote like a fan vote like baseball does I think it's a 25th or 26th I forget what they do uh, 13th person fan, fan vote. vote yeah fan vote the West it would have been Alex Caruso no you no no you know what, no no what, uh, no 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 not like that no what I want to put it like where the fans get these players to select from yes like, so that's what I was going to get at baseball does so you like have that. four selections and then it's thrown in thrown into a and the fans voted. Yep. Yeah, the little, the little kids are relaxed. So yeah, yeah, no, baseball does it like that. They give you a pool of... That's the like, weirdest one. Play, hurt four, players that get a lot of votes, I never understand. Four that. or like, five players. Well, yeah, like, think about if you go back to All-Star Game history, think about the year that I think Yaming played. I want to say he played two games or five games or seven games. Oh, that's a five or seven. That's China, though. Like, yeah, I was going to say, that's a whole different thing. That's a culture. Yeah, 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 I was say, culture. But I get what you're saying. That's Israel. He's the Chinese Michael Jordan. So it's like, as long as he was in the NBA, he was always going to get that recognition like that. Now well, you got that, and then you got T Mac, who's uh, according to ESPN, hella famous in China. <laughs> so I mean, so I mean, yeah. But I think, like Pete said, having a 13 vote, I always said 15, but then I get where he's coming from, losing. But having 13, having a fan vote, maybe having four or five players that are deserving, and then having the fans vote whichever player they believe should make it from uh, each, you know, each side. Obviously, the East and the West was sort of maybe. I mean, there's always going to be a snub. Obviously, some of the snubs I didn't agree with this year. They were talking about Russell Westbrook. I don't even think he is a snub. I think he is probably more on the like the Blake Griffin side of things, on the decline. Yeah, on of the career. decline, unfortunately. Unfortunately, that's where he is right now. You know, I think that uh, he's relying on his athleticism, and it's just not the same anymore. And um, he doesn't shoot much, and, he, and when he shoots, he takes... He has the poor shot selection, so... No, he much. shoots, it's just the mid-range pull-up that doesn't work. Yeah. Jumps out a little bit. He used to have one... He used to have one on the left side there, on the right in front of the three-point line. Now that was solid, but he just—I don't know what happened to him. But he's not a snub for me. Like you said, you maybe not honorable mention Jeremy Grant. Obviously, he's on a horrible team, but he's still producing and he's improved every year. So his numbers have gone up, shooting close to ninety percent from the free throw. Yeah, Middleton, he's shooting, shooting, yeah, Middleton is shooting ninety. He's at eighty-nine point five, which you round up to ninety. So he, right now, he's in that you know fifty forty ninety club. Right. Yeah, and. Steph Curry is in that 100, 100, 100 club. <laughs> and now if you got first pick, who are you taking? Wow. Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn. That's a hard one. Penn, I could see, well, since AD is not in, I could see LeBron going Kyrie. Probably number one if he has the first picks. And then Trying I see Harden. the All-Star game to rehash their relationship? Yeah. I think they're still friends, though. And I could see... Yeah, uh, LeBron don't have problems with Kyrie. It's Kyrie no. that's my opponent that I want to have. Well, mental health, man, mental health is real in the NBA. I mean, just talk to DeMar DeRozan and Kevin Love. They suffer from depression. Most yeah. people don't talk about they're it. They're not the only ones. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people. A lot of people suffer from stuff. I mean, I got my own 
things that I deal with on a constant basis. I just don't really talk about it, but it's crazy. But I mean, for me, like Kyrie and LeBron always seem like they've been buddy buddy. They want to championships together. I don't think there's going to be any animosity there with them too. I do see KD countering that and drafting uh, Harden. Obviously, honestly, I would have loved to have seen uh, Giannis be captain again and draft Harden so they could continue that beef, that stupid beef that they had last year. Run and dump and dribble. Yeah, yeah, that that would have been uh, that would have been awesome to see. But yeah, I could see that being number one pick, Kyrie and Harden. Obviously, I think then, LeBron takes Curry. That could be, that, so that he could gets be. the LeBron gets the first pick out of the starters, and then the second round is the reserves, and then yeah. so Durant gets the first pick out of the reserves. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting either way. Who are you taking with your first pick? From eh? LeBron or from KD? No, either or. It don't matter. Oh, if I'm KD, I'm the first pick. I'm KD, I'm going Harden because I feel like I, it's like LeBron is gonna go Kyrie. So if I'm KD, I'm going Harden. You're going match them to what you know which they are now in um, Brooklyn but also from the OKC days then see second pick that's when it's like because I know the starters all those starters deserve to be starters so it's like yo any like anywhere after you pick a guard it's like up in the air it doesn't really matter to me like the most important thing is picking one of those two first, and then the rest falls in line. Thomas is up there as a as a good choice too. I mean, just kind of based on it being an All Star game, you know, it kind of went flare um, in that game. It's going to be interesting to see more so than the first pick who the last pick is going to be. Like who's in there? Like I have a feeling it's probably going to be like Vucevic or something like that. That's going to be like the last. Pick. <laughs> he shouldn't though. He's Vucevic is really good. Vucevic is playing well. well he put is, but if you want to be technical, I think Zabonis should have made it over him. The bonus seems better. Yeah. I yeah. think that's why they looked at, like, maybe, you know, despite the losing team, game. that team is decimated with injuries. Like, there's no way they were going to win with as many people that are hurt. So, yeah, Magic, got got Magic got so many injuries as well. Yeah, that made some good first picks. If I was picking first pick for a starter, I'd probably go Donkage because everybody likes seeing Donkage play right now. I was doing LeBron's, I would go Donkic. If I was doing KD's, I might go Giannis just because everybody wants to see the popular players. Now, if I was picking my first reserve, if I was doing it for the East, I would take Julius Randle as my first reserve. Only because he going to play hard. This is very first yeah, All-Star right. appearance. He going to lead the whole on the court. Throw that gonna, whole thing. That's Candace. the concept, though. She's 100% <laughs> right. If you're going to pick a son, because play hard, the Knicks play. haven't had an All-Star oh, since Carmelo Anthony. No, no, no. All the first time people. No, they have four, they have four like, things. Yeah, but they've been making the playoffs, you know what I mean? Like, the Celtics have four playoffs. Yeah, no, he, he's, he's playing with the chip on his shoulder, so yeah. he has something to prove. So we know that, you know, he, he's going to play aggressive. I'll probably go with Zion. See, the only reason I want to go with Zion, because I don't know if he's going to be on a minute restriction. I don't know if the if the color kids don't play. Oh, a minute restriction for the offense? I don't know. I don't know. Don't if put show. If no, on the line. I mean, technically, he's a reserve, so he is going to be on a minute restriction. Reserves don't play that much. Like, I don't know. He's going to be one of those reserves that are first off the bench because it's Zion, bro. They want to see him go down and throw some three breaks. or four highlight dunks, and then that's kind of what Yeah, it's, it's, it's the vets that are kind of that are kind of going to chill. I think LeBron going to definitely probably snatch up Chris Paul real quick. Yeah, that's his I'm going to change my picks. I just thought about it. I'm going to go. No, no, I just thought about it now. I'm going to go. Don Chick is going to go to LeBron, and I'm going to say uh, KD is going to go Curry. I could see that too, because him and Curry don't never really have beef. So I don't really. Yeah. 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 Now, the million dollar question right now. Who's your MVP? Because there's a lot of people that might go for it. Who do you think is going to get it? Hmm. Kawhi Leonard. 
God. I think KD about to go for like 40. Easy. Not, not even doing nothing crazy. Just, he's just not going to, he's just going to be efficient. Just be his normal self. Just have open shot, cash out. You're going to look at the stats. He's going to have like 40, 12, and 7. You're going to be like, damn, KD got that much? Well, LeBron matching it, but I see the East win. I see Dame McCurry. You said Dame McCurry? Mm-hmm. I could see, I could see Curry um, just the ability to put up threes in that type of game. But I could also see him facilitating more too. Like, I don't know. I do like, I like, I like the KD answer because I think if you look at the storyline like so many people doubted him this season is he really going to be able to come back this will kind of yeah, get, him, exactly. you know, get him right for the second half of the season I can see that yeah, I agree not a bad one at all I'll be smiling when uh, Kawhi Leonard reads that trophy. Uh, Kawhi, Kawhi's one of those plays that don't go hard. At all. I, don't, I don't see Kawhi. I hate, I hate to tell you so. Though. I don't know if you know this. Kawhi's one of those plays that really don't go hard. Maybe the last two minutes, but he don't really go hard. Where, where meanwhile, you see the rest of them turning up fourth quarter, end of third quarter, early fourth quarter. You start seeing LeBron trying to guard Giannis. They're physical. They're banging down. Kawhi just be chilling like, eh, I see y'all later on in the playoffs. I think uh, <laughs> I want to be uh, y'all. I mean, I'm not George might go for it too. I think he might be. A George definitely guy gonna go for it because George's gonna, gonna have go that chip it. on the shoulder all year. Yeah, pandemic Pete jokes. Nah, and I, I'm not saying he will, but I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if knowing uh, Kyrie taking like 50 shots. I think Kyrie might defer to like James or KD to get. That's what I think. Yeah. Pandemic P is a good one, though. Even like before, I think Paul George would really try to pursue it like that. I can't even. Now, unfortunately, the three-point contest or the dunk contest haven't been confirmed yet, so we can't even do a who you think going to win that. Only person right. confirmed hopefully, that hopefully we find out. Zion teased it. That's about it. But Buddy Hill will be in it, right? Because he won it. So I would hope yeah, to see Buddy, Buddy, Buddy Hill will probably be Even one. though he's shooting, like, worse this season. But I think, like, realistically, like, Buddy Hill, Joe Harris, like, those type of guys, like, that can shoot, shoot, should be in it. Like, when you start getting guys where, like, they fill in, like, a Kyle Lowry who's not, like, a three-point shooter. But he's not going to talk about that like, appearance, though. What are y'all doing? We're not like, going to talk about that appearance when he did so. <laughs> he was just playing. <laughs> Man, the best one probably was the year that they had Curry and uh, Clay in it. That was nuts. Because yeah, those are the two best shooters in the league, and they're teammates that do that naturally with each other. They naturally compete in practice, shooting threes to back and forth like that. I think Curry's already going to be there, so that makes sense to put him in. I think they're going to try to go with as many people that are already there. As I think that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. I think that's you're right about that. Miller will like, be in it. Just trying to get people that are actually there as opposed to having a whole big uh, coronavirus outbreak and yeah. issues. I think them having I mean, people there is better. That's a good field. Like, Booker would be in it. I mean, there's a ton of good shooters that would make sense. But it's like, okay, this could be decent. Like, you know, put on a show. The bigger question is the dunk contest because it's like, how the guys that are coming? Oh, oh, no. Oh, it's like at this point with the dunk contest. I mean, they're I, not going to have the rookie game or the world no, US game, mean. so it's like you're limiting your. Piece, so you kind of have to bring somebody from the outside. I mean, toss, no toss whatever amount of money at Levine. Levine's probably yeah. not going to do it again. Right. Toss them whatever money to give Levine the chance to do it. I mean, well, unless unless they go to Chicago and have All Star game at some point, then he might do it. But I don't see him doing it unless there's a lot of money involved. I don't even know what a dunk contest could be. I just don't want to see Derrick Jones Jr. Like I don't care. Like Derrick Jones Jr. has creative dunks though. I mean, he was, look, he was putting it, on a show. He was putting on a show. He was. His, all right, I'll throw one name out there for the dunk. Miles Bridges. Ooh. True. And power dunker too, so he could, yeah, he could do it. Jalen Brown for a dunk contest? I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah, he could throw it down though. He don't really he do nothing crazy. Yeah. And more Tatum, one of them too. He do like a basic two foot dunks. I mean, look, the fans really want to see Zion's probably. Oh yeah, we know that. Zion, I mean, I know we haven't. 
Zion and yeah. Levine are probably one and two. This let's be honest. After that, I really don't know. Maybe Donovan Mitchell again. Mm. He might not. I don't know. Like I know we haven't seen much of him, but I know people have been asking for you know Obi. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that though. You know what I'm saying? It's like I don't know. I mean, I think it's easier to predict who might be on the three point contest than the dunk contest. Well, I don't yeah, know about that because everybody, everybody hitting threes this year. Everybody got a got a. I feel like oh, yeah. every time I'm watching a prime time game, they talk about somebody shooting a career high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like Lucas, right? Oh, you got Bobon. Yeah, Lonzo, yeah. Lonzo, 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 Lonzo out here hooping. Yeah, Lonzo turned it around. I give him that. Like Fred Benson's done a lot to help. Would you put Lamelo in the three point? Lamelo, <laughs> just put the three. Maybe point. Just put the three ball. Just put Lonzo, Lamelo, Angelo. Just put the big ball of Brandon in the three point contest. We got it covered already. But the big ball is gonna outshoot him. As sorry as he is, he can outshoot both of them. So that's his. That's how. He can shoot. Okay. About it, he can shoot. Yeah, he can't do nothing else though. But he can. All you need is one skill. <laughs> yeah, but it should be entertaining All Star Weekend. Should be. It's different. It's going to be different than what we normally used to. We're going to be watching everything in one sitting for the first time. Uh, I feel like that be. better than having to mess with you know Friday night and Saturday some night. Yeah. Some people like the celebrity All Star game. Get some. Get the nah, juices. Some people like nah. it. <laughs> you're seeing uh, no. 92K out there whooping. Nah, <laughs> you want to see that? Hitting the, 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 the bottom of the um, backboard? No thanks. Nah. That ugly so, shot that he was watching it. He's had some entertaining, famous lows. Quavo, they played well when they was in it. Who, what is Ronnie 2K shot? Uh, his combination of uh, Duckworth and somebody else. I forget who it is. It's just horrible. You got no skills challenge, so we don't we don't get to see some players shine in that. I would like to see the most skilled point guard and the most skilled big man. In yeah, Gosper's picks. I mean, I would think, yeah, I know that. But I'm saying, like, um, you get Rajon Rondo, Chris Paul would be two of the ones there, obviously. And then you have, like, maybe two young youngsters, like... Uh, I would put in Moran. Lamelo. I would put Lamelo. Yeah, I would put guys that are pure pure passers. Maybe, like John but, that was not bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that would be good. You could put Kyle Sexton in it, watch him shoot. That's all he's gonna do. <laughs> he might do the three point contest. <laughs> He won't be able to make the passes either. <laughs> Listen, if you shoot, be stuck in the one, the one where you got to make the two-handed pass. Like, <laughs> he'll just shoot through the drill. That's all. Listen, he's doing. He's doing the three-point shootout. He's gonna. He's gonna miss passing the ball to the guy that collects the ball. He's like, nope, I'm just shooting it again. So let's be honest. But in a good way, as much as people were uh, criticizing it for it, All-Star Weekend is an exciting time in any sport, in the NBA as, as well, just like other sports. So it's good that the NBA event is going to have it. So it's it's good to see that happening. It's also good to see fans coming back to arenas. Mm-hmm. They're coming back now in New York. The Nets and the Knicks both have fans back now. Other cities are starting to do the same. So little by little, the NBA season is starting to feel like a normal one, even though it's not a normal one. So I think it's overall that's good for the product and it's good for the fan bases to get to feel like um, they're watching exciting basketball again. Like you mentioned earlier, the second half of the schedules have come out, but we'll say breaking that down for another episode, going over where we think teams that have gotten off the hot starts are their second half of the schedules going to do them in. Like Henry mentioned, the Knicks, that tough second schedule might end that playoff run for them, but it's going to be interesting to talk about that all in all. Now, when we always get to our closing segment, I like, like to give this chance for closing thoughts anything that's on your mind don't have to be basketball related something that you want to say you got your time now to do it <laughs> I, I think i think this is just that that part of the season where teams are just trying to you know make it to the end of the road so <laughs> aka my team so i just i just hope second half for the celtics goes better than the first half end it because they had a good start in the beginning in the last month they've been like shitty so my 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 wild prediction will be they they 
Danny Age does some type of move. At this point, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah but, it, but I, I think it might not be a move with Danny. It might not be a play. right now. It could be a coach move. He got two choices: either he make a move or he move himself out that position. That's his only two choices right now. I mean, they, uh, they have to shore up the, the edge for sure, and they really need a starting caliber. If, if you're not going to move Tatum back to the four, then you need to have something, somebody that can stress the floor right. uh, next to a center, whether it be Tice or Thompson, whatever. But not an Ojale fan. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I call, call Grant Williams. Yeah, I, I personally, I mean, I would take Grant Williams over Ojale, but I mean, that's just me. But when you had to start Jeff Teague at point guard tonight because you can't play Kimball Walker on back to back, that's a problem. Yeah. Like, you have to really have Pritchard off the bench because you need a little bit of a scoring pop there. Yeah. But it's like just the depth on that team this year. And even though I'm a Sixers fan, I, I want to see the Celtics be successful, you know, because I like a competitive playoff. So I want the best of the best to go against, um, yeah. you know, each other and everybody to be completely healthy. But even looking at, at my Sixers, like I think they need another piece coming off the bench. Like they need to shore up another big and they need to figure out. Like, there's too much of a cluster. Like, they have Milton as their scorer coming off the bench. Then you have Matisse Thibel, who kind of has the potential, but is just defensive. Like, they need somebody that's a combination of the two to also go with another big just to kind of limit down the stretch and beads minutes to keep him healthy for the playoffs. Because you really, I mean, why are we going to play Embiid by the time you get to, to late April, you know, early May, you know, as much? Because you, you really want to keep him, you know, better for later, but... Yeah. Anything else? Uh, yeah. Me. Uh, just hope the Knicks keep the playoff push. Hope they get rid of Frank and Knox and make That's a productive good. move. And no, definitely yeah. not. They don't need the Knicks keep the playoff push. Well, it's gonna be uh, tough. Uh, maybe uh, maybe Santa puts that under the tree for Christmas, but I don't think that's happening this year. Shit, well, Christmas twenty twenty one. Goddamn. No, but um, I I mean Tibbs is doing good, the best he can this year. I think uh, even if they don't make the playoffs, um, I mean they're playing a lot better than they have recent years, especially on the defensive end. I think they, like I said, they need to explore trading uh Nidikina and Knox. Um, what you can get for him, I don't know. You might be able to get a PJ Tucker. Maybe Knicks do need a center, like a stretch the floor. Like I said, Cousins is out there, so I just hope that uh they make some moves, even if it's nothing splashy, just something that could uh shore up the team and solidify their uh, playoff push. Well, at least you know they're not going to do like the past where they would have, at this point, knowing that Randall's an all-star, they would have traded him at the deadline. Yeah, well, at least yeah. you know you're not going to get that. Traded him away for a bucket of KFC chicken and somehow thought that was a good trade. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say my uh, piece about the Knicks. They're, I honestly believe they're they're in jeopardy of missing the playoffs. And they're, they're, their schedule is pretty tough, especially like, you know, having a six-game road trip, you know, yeah. going to Houston, Memphis, Denver, Phoenix, and both Los Angeles teams. Like, that's Believe tough. Me. That's going to take a toll. Who did the Knicks piss off to get that schedule? Right. And they have another one, I think, of like four or five games. So. It wasn't who the Knicks piss off. It was who did James Dillon piss off. Let's, let's, yeah. Because y'all swap with the Nets schedule. That schedule is a little lighter. Switch with the Nets. You know, they've kept that playoff seed a lot. But, I mean, it is, that's the dice they got rolled. That's, that's what they the got NBA doing. wanting certain teams because if – Brooklyn had the toughest schedule and they get dropped to a play-in tournament bid and they lose. Like, everybody's going to be like, wait, we don't get to see Durant, Kyrie, and Harden? Oh, yeah. Like, the NBA's not going to allow that. No. 
Of course not. All Knicks fans, they just want to see playoff basketball at the Garden again. Well, wait they, another year or two. And it's going to kill them to have playoff at the Barclays, but not at the Garden. I don't have a crazy hot take right today for the first time. I don't really have anything crazy. I've pretty much covered anything that I would have said crazy. There's no Laker talk for me right now. My Lakers is looking a little bad with no shooter, no AD. But, I mean, that's going to happen. You got no AD, you got no shooter, you're going to struggle. And the rest of the league has been pretty interesting to watch, so I don't really have a hot take this time. Surprisingly enough. Still Lakers in five. That ain't changing. That's always going to be. Lakers in five is not going nowhere. That's going to keep the same at all times. You got to speak into existence. Yeah, don't be upset, so because the Knicks playoff chances just dwindled in less than 24 hours. That's not my fault. Holla at Adam Silver. The Spurs might make the playoffs, though, because they don't have a tough schedule, so they, they might be alive. But, you know, that's the benefit of you rooting for two teams. That that's a lie. They do have. They have, I think, the fifth toughest schedule for the second half of the season. <laughs> well, 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 fifth is better than, like, first. Because the Knicks is up there, like, first. All right? So I'll take fifth over first right now. But that brings us to our conclusion of this week's episode. It was a shorter episode than normal, but a productive one. Covered some interesting topics. Had some jokes, had some laughs. Suffer Henry and Soto, because now they're going to be stressing over that Knicks schedule that came out today. And should be happy. He got his two Celtics in the All-Star game. Pete should be happy, because Trey Young didn't make the All-Star team. Yeah, so. but as of right now, he's already starting his y'all going already pre-pick me for next year. Yeah, they just went in because he's flying Boston. He's flying Boston. He, he scored like 12 straight in the first quarter. Three threes. He should have done that before the All-Star ball came out. He'd been better off, but... Players find their motivation in any way that they possibly can. Like, usually, you listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on our social media pages, Instagram and Twitter and YouTube. And we'll see you guys next week.